Do the storms of life threaten to overtake you? Whereabouts is God in your storms? Hello, I'm Brent Siddle, and welcome to the God's Story podcast. My guest today is Chantal Giorgini, who's here to tell us about the storms in her life. Her book, Hope in the Storms, When Faith Can Move Mountains, is published by Castle Publishing here in New Zealand. And Chantal is in Australia, as we've just found out. (laughs) (laughs) Hi to you, Chantal. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How has your life been characterised by storms and random radio interviewers? <laughs> well, random, random radio interviewers. No. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in Australia, not New Zealand, so that mm. was a great way. To I've just found that out. Yes, mm. <laughs> that's fun. That's okay. Um, so storms have basically, when I was growing up, they they were my identity at a certain point in my life, and what I mean by that is my life my life felt empty without some sort of pain. Um, pain became my, my normal, my comfort. And I even explained it in my book, I felt like I had a huge target on my back at times because it was like an unending domino effect of storms one after the other, when once one storm would finish, another one wouldn't be too far behind. So there's hardly been a day where I haven't been in some sort of pain, whether it was physical, which mostly was to do with my health, Um, but there are obviously emotional storms and mental storms that I've gone through as well. But, um, yeah, it definitely restricted me many times. Um, it, it stopped me from getting involved in things, which I really wanted to do, which I was passionate about, but overall, it also built a strength in me, which I didn't know that I had before. So yeah, there were negatives, but there were also positives as well. Yes, well, come on to talk about some of the uh, horrible things you've had to deal with in your life. And your story really is, as I said to you before we came on air, uh, a story of triumph over every kind of adversity. And I have immense admiration for you. But how has God always been faithful in your life during these storms? Well, without him, I honestly don't know where I would be. Um, He's such a big God. And we are so small, you know, we're, we're on this earth temporarily. We're not living here for eternity. We've got a, a greater purpose. We've got a greater destiny waiting for us in heaven. Um, but he cares about what we care about. And he's the creator of the heavens and the earth, but he still wants to be our friend, you know, and that's such a beautiful relationship there. So even though he's such a big God, he cares about the little things. He's shown up in my life in not only the big things, but also the tiny little things. And he's never left me nor forsaken me. It says that in the Bible, and he's always been my rock, which is unshakable. So if I put my faith and trust in things that are earthly or maybe people, you know, they're not perfect. They're going to let us down. But if I put my trust and faith and hope in God, he is unshakable and he's eternal and he's a promise keeping God. And there's things that he's promised me. Um, I I do have a prophetic gifting, so I do hear from God. And there's things that he's promised me, which he has fulfilled in my life. And through every storm that I've gone through, he has been bigger than everything. He's been bigger than the pain. And it's just by having that reassurance of having God in my life that, you know what, he's got this and he's in control of it. And he was my comfort and my joy and my peace and my strength through every bit every bit of it. You mentioned earlier that God was busy in the background and the small details of your life. How, how do you think that God is often busy in the background of our lives? 
Well, when we, we don't see it when it's happening because it's behind the scenes. I, I, I see it as um, if you know a the, theatrical play where if you're in the audience, you're just watching the play happen, whereas he's behind, he's controlling the sound, he's controlling the lighting, he's controlling the stage movement. So I feel like when you're going through your storm, you don't, you don't physically see him. You don't know he's, he's working until later on when things start to reveal themselves. Um, so I know everything that I've gone through, when I was going through it, yes, it was difficult. Yes, it was hard. But when I came through it, God showed me why it happened. So that's, that's my life, basically. That's a huge part of my life. How do you think God grows our faith during the storms of life? <laughs> yes, I think just it says in the Bible, we must walk by faith, not by sight. And for me, um, it is hard, you know, when you can't see what's going to happen, you can't see the outcome, you can't see how long this storm is going to go through. But it's that verse, Psalm 23, verse 4, when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And the main word there is through. We're walking through the valley. We're walking through the storm. We're not camping there. We're not living there. It's not eternal. It's temporary. And I know that God has given me the strength to overcome it. Um, yeah, and just, just to be thankful that he's in my life. And the word of God plays a huge part as well. Um, there's so many, so many encouraging Bible verses which have helped me persevere. Uh, things like, um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am an overcomer in Christ. There are so many words in the Bible which are so helpful and it really allows me to put my faith and my trust in God, just knowing that he's in control. Yeah. Does God ever give us situations we can't handle, do you think? Um, I don't think so. I know there's that verse in the Bible where it says, God will never give us nothing that we can't handle. And I know in that relation, it talks about temptation. But I also put it into my own perspective and say, I don't think he'll ever give me anything I can't handle physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. I believe that we have the capacity, we have the strength to get through whatever comes our way because we have we have him in our life. And not only did Jesus die on the cross for us, he also rose again. And to me, that shows us that we also have that same resurrecting spirit living in us, that whatever comes our way, we can rise above it and we can resurrect from it. And we can come back stronger. You must have asked yourself, as, as I have, and no doubt many of our listeners have, why God allows these storms to happen to us. Why do you yes. think he does? Uh, well, I, I believe there's two things. The first one is to help us understand the actual strength that we have in us. If you think about your favorite movie or a favorite song or something, there's always something that has come from that. If life was perfect, we wouldn't need well, I don't want to say we wouldn't need a God, but there would be people out there who would be like, we don't need a God. You know, we, we can get through this life without him. But when things happen in our life, we can depend on God. We can depend on him. Um, and yeah, if life was perfect, it would, it would be boring, I feel. <laughs> so I feel like we have storms in our life to not only strengthen us, but to help us understand what we are capable of coming through. And it's such a, it's such a strength in us. Um, I know everything that I've gone through, I said in the book, I would go through it again because it builds a character in you. Um, I, I wouldn't have this persevering character in me if I hadn't gone through all those storms. 
And the second thing is that we can be a voice to others. Like I've been through abuse. I've had a cancer scare. Um, I've had multiple surgeries. And if people are also going through that, I can be the voice to them. And I can say, well, guess what? I've been through this, but I've come out the other end successfully. I was able to grow through it. So to answer that question, number one, it's to make us stronger and understand who we are and our, our character, our strength. And number two is to, um, yeah, to be the voice for others. Yes, you mentioned abuse earlier. Can I, am I able to come on and ask you a little bit about, about this in the interview? How was your early life marred by abuse? Yeah, yes, um, that was a very difficult time for me. Um, I was only 12 years old. My teacher would touch me inappropriately, um, and it was, it was quite confronting. Um, it was a very uncomfortable experience. Um, it made me categorise all men in the same basket. So I lost trust in guys. I lost my identity. I felt like he took part of my childhood away from me, which it kind of forced me to grow up very quickly. And as a result, it was my first major storm that I went through so young that I actually blamed God and I pushed I pushed God away from my life I said God why why did this happen to me and I didn't understand why because I was I was a good girl growing up I I didn't get involved in anything like drugs or anything I was I was a good girl I got good grades and I was just like why why was the target on me so I actually pushed God away because of that abuse yeah Mm. how did you come back to God or how did God come and find you um so I realized that I when when this part of my identity was taken away I was walking around thinking I could fill my life with just temporary things and I felt like an incomplete puzzle that's how I explained it in my book that there was just missing pieces and I remember I was just I was just crying out to God one time and I was like, God, I, I don't know what to do with my life now. I'm, I'm lost. I was at a, a standstill in my life and I grabbed my Bible, which I had tucked into my drawer, pushed it away. Um, I opened the first verse that came to me and it said, he will never leave you nor forsake you. And I remember those words being so true to me because even though I was pushing him away, he was still pursuing me. And that was just so beautiful. And it just, it just showed me that God still loved me and he still wanted that relationship with me, even though I was pushing him away and, and turning my back on him, he still wanted that relationship with me. So that was such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. What's your message to someone who may be listening to this, who is themselves suffering sexual abuse or other abuse? My advice is um, try to get out as soon as you can. Don't let it keep happening to you. You might think that this is love or he loves you or he will get better. Um, I don't want to say people can't change because they can, but if you're in that situation, my, yeah, my advice to you is try to get out, try to find a support network, even try to find a church who will pray for you, try to get around people who will encourage you and help you get out of this situation. Yeah. Yes, how important is a, a good support network when you're going through these things and through storms? It is so important. We we can't do this ourselves. We're not we're not built to do this ourselves. We I call it flesh versus spirit. So our flesh um, takes over sometimes, and it could 
especially in the vulnerable times, like for me, whenever I would hear bad news from the doctor, my flesh would instantly kick in and be like, you know, with the cancer scare, for example, I, my flesh took over and said, you've got cancer, you're going to lose um, all your hair. And then they also said that I could lose my legs. So I started picturing all these things in my future, just negative. And then when I spent time with God, it was, it was like he was reassuring me and he was like, no, it's okay. It's all going to be okay. I've got this. I'm in control. I want the best for you. I want to prosper you. You know, that, um, that verse, I plans to prosper you, Jeremiah 29 verse 11. And I really believe that. So in my book, I also include photos of the people like my family, my friends who have supported me. And I think when we, when we're first hit with that news from the doctor or from our families, maybe if they're passing away or something that we're dealing with, we can't see it from any other angle. Whereas if you if you have that support network, they can try to try to help you see it from a different angle. They can encourage you, they can support you, um, and they can pray for you. Prayer is so powerful. Yeah. Mm. When did uh, when did the cancer enter your life? So <laughs> it was my twenty fifth birthday. And uh, here's a warning to everyone and advice, do not get a scan on your birthday. Um, it was my 25th birthday. I was suffering some pain in my leg, uh, which I wasn't sure what was happening. I'd seen previous doctors, got some previous scans, nothing showed up. Um, when I had an MRI done, they found a seven centimeter tumor in my upper left thigh. And yeah, from then on, it was surgeon after surgeon. Um, the first surgeon I saw, he said to me, you know, the worst case scenario, you could lose your leg. They strongly believed it was cancer. Um, yeah. So, and then the second person that I was referred to, he was more positive. He was like, no, you don't have cancer. I believe it's benign. Um, yeah. So, and then it turned out to be benign, praise God. And then after that, I had um, some nerve pain that I had to deal with for a year. So that was quite traumatic <laughs> yes quite, quite I, was going to, I was going to ask you nerve pain is a horrible horrible thing how, how did you deal with all that uh, honestly I <laughs> I just took it one day at a time that's all I could do because it it's really difficult to explain what nerve pain is um, it feels numb like pins and needles but it also feels like electric shocks um, it feels like there are needles going in sometimes it's it's really difficult to explain but yeah, I, I just, I took it one day at a time, one step at a time. That's all I could do. Um, and just once again, had my support network around me, just praying for me and comforting me and supporting me. Yeah. You describe the experiences of God you had uh, in surgery and through the sickness, some of them very dramatic. Can you share some of those with us? Yes. Um, so my first surgery that I ever had, it was called, a, it was for a pilonidal sinus. So basically I was born with an extra hole just above my buttocks. And what happened was a hair got inside it and um, they had to ur urgently operate. Um, and I remember that was my first surgery and I was lying on the table just before I went in and I just closed my eyes and I was like, God, I'm so scared. Like, I don't know what to do and I don't know what's going to happen. And as I had my eyes closed, I felt, I felt these 10 fingers and I just knew he was with me. And it was just such a beautiful thing to experience. And I opened my eyes and no one was there. And I was just like, wow, God. And that's what I mean by he shows up in little things. Just when I'm, there's a little bit of fear in me to go into surgery, he's there. And all the other, all the other experiences before I went for surgeries, 
he was just there and I would open my Bible um, the night before or even the morning of and he would just remind me do not fear for I am with you I will strengthen you I will uphold you and it's just that reassurance and that that comfort from him that I needed just before those surgeries so he always showed up before surgeries yeah Mm, it's a particularly vulnerable time you're lying there and waiting I know what it feels like I've been through it several times horrible uh, you this the cancer uh, diagnosis came was it three weeks into writing this book yes it was um, as I was even as I was uh, doing the book writing course I was suffering the pain but I thought you know I'm the type of person because I've been through so much pain I don't want to try to make a big deal of it I'm like okay I've, I've been through worse I can push past it so I tend to push past a lot of pain that I go through without looking into it because I think it's serious um, but yeah, three days, oh, sorry, three weeks into writing this, um, yeah, it, it, it hit me. Um, I found out about it and I was just like, wow. And even at that time, because, you know, the words cancer and tumour and everything before I knew that it was benign, it's, I struggled to continue writing my book. I'm not going to lie because I, I started to see the negativity. I started to picture the worst case scenarios. So, yes, um, it, it, it definitely came up. So, yeah, three weeks into writing this book. <laughs> did you ever wonder that you whether you would finish it? Yes, I did. Um, but I, as I said, the flesh versus spirit, my spirit take, took over and my relationship with God took over. And I was like, you know what, Lord, I'm going to write this book. I'm going to make it a chapter. Um, and, yeah, so I, uh, I made it a chapter in my book and I kept pushing through and I said to God, no matter what happens to me, I will write this book and I will finish it, I will publish it and I will encourage people with it. How has God helped you moving on to another area of, of difficulty you've had in your life? How has God saved you from self-harm, particularly in your younger years? Yes. Uh, well, I talked about um, a lot of suicidal thoughts because, as I said, one by one, these physical storms hit me and um, it was just really hard to see see the end and just to, to see how I could escape from this. I felt like it was a constant shadow um, just following me wherever I went. So I felt like, well, what's the point of my life if I'm just going to be in pain? You know, I thought I'll just end it and be done with it. So yeah, God really helped me to see, you know what, put your hope in me and I will get you through this. And in the chapter that I spoke about um, the suicidal thoughts, it was this guy that I had a huge crush on. And, um, you know, I found out that he liked another girl and it's very teenage dramas. Um, and yeah, I, I couldn't, you know, I think all the negative thoughts that I allowed to creep in at my most vulnerable time yeah, the suicidal thoughts took over and I was like, you know what, I just, I want to end my life. I'm, I'm done. But yeah, God, as I was bringing, um, I, I don't know if I wanted to hurt myself or kill myself, but as I was bringing the scissors to my, um, my hand, it was, uh, it was God who kind of said, stop, you know, he stopped me from doing it. And he, yeah, he really intervened in that part of my life and he showed me the purpose that he had for me. And I think at that time he showed me that he wanted me to be the voice for others. And I've always been known as the encourager growing up because of everything I've gone through. And people still look at me today and say, how are you still standing? How are you still smiling? You know? So yeah, God really intervened there. Why are our thoughts so important then? Because they, our thoughts are very important because uh, if we let negative thoughts come in and creep in, 
they can bring us into anxiety, they can bring us into depression. Um, so we need to, I think I talk about it in the book, like a sifter. So if you imagine a sifter and, and it, it just depends what thoughts you bring in and we need to really control our thoughts. Um, and the way that I talk about that is we need to wear our spiritual armor, uh, which is the, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation is probably the, one of the most important ones because it protects our thoughts from the enemy. And yeah, just uh, wearing the breast, sorry, wearing the spiritual armor of God is so important because it protects us from the enemy known as Satan. And he's, he comes to steal, kill and destroy us. And he wants to, he wants to take our faith. He wants to take our thoughts our, at our most vulnerable, at our most vulnerable points in our time, in our life. Yeah. Well, as a result of, of all this, you have suffered too most of your life, I believe, from panic and anxiety attacks, uh, as many of us have. What, what's your advice to folk listening who suffer from panic attacks or who have high levels of anxiety? Um, I think the reason why most of us have anxiety and panic attacks is because we feel overwhelmed in our situation or out of control. And, you know, we really need to just give everything to God. And it takes that point of surrender, but it's a true surrender. It's not, okay, Lord, I'll give you some of my life and then I'll just keep the rest of it. No, it's 100% surrender to God saying, you know what, Lord, I, I know that you are bigger than this. I don't need to worry. It says in the Bible, we can cast all our fears and anxiety on him because he cares for us. So once we get rid of everything, it's, I explained it in the book, like we're running a race but we want to carry our backpack and every, every new thing that we take on, it's like we're adding rocks into our backpack. And just imagine running with a, a backpack full of rocks. It's quite heavy. And Jesus doesn't want us like that. He wants us to be free of all that. That's why he died on the cross for us, to free us of everything um, and to give us a life of freedom. And, yeah, he took it all for us on the cross. So he doesn't want us running around with all this on our back. So, yeah, just he wants us to completely surrender it to him and remind us and give us that reassurance that we don't need to worry because God is in control and we just need to stay positive and just know that he's He's got this. Mm. And you are now, I believe, or you were at the time of writing the book, a hospital chaplain. Yes, I am. Do you, do you not think that your entire life might have been preparation for the ministry that you currently have in one sense? That's a really good question because I'm I'm still trying to work out um, what this is all. Oh, sorry, I, I know what this is all for in in a sense, but I don't know exactly where it's going to take me. But I was a high school chaplain as well as a hospital chaplain, and it gave me the opportunity to talk to people. And in the hospital, I would visit these patients, and they wouldn't know me at all. Some of them would push me away. Some of them would, you know, say I'm in pain. I don't want to talk. But other people on the rare occasions would let me pray for them and just be there. And being a chaplain is, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to talk. It's a presence ministry. So it's just being there for others. And I don't know if you've heard this, a lot of people will say in, in those certain grieving times, for example, I didn't know what to say. I don't have the right words to say, what do I say to this person? How do I know what they're going through? Whereas a chaplaincy, a chaplain, sorry, is just about being there for others, even without saying a word. Just your presence is what it's about. And 
for me, my chaplaincy work helped me to um, emphasize with others and really listen to them. And I have a, I have a habit of, I used to have a habit of over talking over people, but um, since I became a chaplain, I really can just sit down and listen to people and really normalize their situation. And you mentioned uh, difficulties with your uh, relationships when you were younger, but I gather you found love in the theatre, literally. Yes, I, yes, I did. Um, <laughs> it was an unexpected love story, but um, yeah, I I auditioned for a theatrical play called The Perfect Wedding. Um, well, there you go. So, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> now I'm married to him. <laughs> I played the bride, he played the groom. And oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so... And then the rest has happened. <laughs> mm. uh, we should mention also, it, how do you pronounce this? Is it Minier's disease? Minier's disease. Yes. Minier's disease. Now, what, what is that for people like me that don't know anything about this? And how has that affected you? Well, I was actually misdiagnosed, but I did believe that I had Minier's disease for about two years. So what it is, is it's a buildup of... Um, I think they say like uh, it's a buildup of pressure in your ear. And if you know anything to do with your ear or inner ear, it uh, causes your, it, it's your stability. So for me, it would always cause um, vertigo attacks for me. And it would, it would be an out of control experience at times. Sometimes I would be at work and all of a sudden things, it would hit me and I didn't know where I was. And I would have to grip onto my table because I thought that I was in the air, floating in the air. It was, it was really difficult, but not only that, it also caused me restrictions to what I could eat and what I couldn't eat, which was really difficult trying to change my diet. Um, I, I had to reduce salt, alcohol and caffeine, which I still can't have to this day. Um, but yeah, it, it really restricted me. So it's not the best thing to live with, but it turns out that I had vestibular migraines instead, which are very, very, very similar to each other. But yeah, that the Minius disease is a, a lifetime thing and there's no, uh, what's the word? There's no, um, what's the word? There's no cure. cure for it. A cure. Cure. No there's cure. no cure for it. Mm, mm. Um, but with vestibular migraines, there are ways to control it. So I'm I'm very blessed that I did not have Minius disease and I ended up with the other ones. Yeah. We've just about come to the end of our time, Chantel, um, unfortunately. But uh, I'm going to ask you one final question. How, why, how are you still standing after all this? And how, have you, has, how has God grown your faith during all of these experiences that you've had in your life? Yes, well, God has been a huge part of my life, as you know. And without him, I don't know where I would be. Um, I think it's just everything that I've been through it kind of prepares me for the next thing that I'm going to go through. So the, the storm that lasted a year, for example, compared to a, a little migraine or something that I have, it's, it out, outweighs it. So it kind of gives me the strength to push through the next one. But it definitely has developed a character in me, a strength in me. And I know that whatever I go through, that once again, God's in control. God's got this. I can put my hope in him. And it's really strengthened my prayer life with him as well, because prayer is so powerful. Prayer breaks chains. Prayer brings healing. Um, I've, I've personally witnessed healing in the Philippines when I went on a missions trip. So I, I've seen what God can do, but it's about walking by faith, not by sight. A lot of people say they need to see things to believe things. 
with us and with me. I just, I know God's there. And because he's been in every part of my life up to now, I know he's going to be in the rest of my, uh, with me, the rest of my life as well. So yeah, it's definitely strengthened my faith and it will continue to. And I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm perfect from here out. When I still hear news from the doctors, it does shake me. I'm only human. <laughs> um, I have emotions and there are days where I'm frustrated and sometimes want to just stay in bed. <laughs> but I still remember I've just got to keep, uh, keep getting up. I just got to keep running the race and keep the faith. Yeah. Are you still living with pain? On an, yes. ongoing, on an ongoing daily basis, you're living with pain. Yes. What's your advice to folk who are in that situation? How do they get through? All I can say is just stay positive. Stay positive. Have a prayerful life with God. Have a great support network. And just keep taking one step at a time, one day at a time. Don't look past where you are now because it might seem endless. You don't know how long this storm will last but just put your trust in God, put your hope in God, because he will never let you down. And even though you might not see things happening while you're going through it, I can, I can give you guarantee. I can, I can, um, what's the word? I can reassure you that he will show up and he is working behind the scenes all the time. Mm. Chantal Giorgini, who has published uh, this recent book, Hope in the Storms, When Faith Can Move Mountains, published by Castle Publishing in New Zealand, although Chantal lives in Australia, as we have found out this morning. Are you still a hospital chaplain in Australia? Uh, I only did that as a um, as experience for right. my chaplaincy course, but honestly, I would love to become a hospital chaplain. So if the opportunity comes, I would definitely run to it. <laughs> well, there we go. If you want a hospital chaplain, this lady has so much experience. She'd be ideal for the job, I would think. Chantal, God bless you, and you have been through much. And God it's been you. it has been a, a, you're a real testimony to triumph over adversity and to God's faithfulness too. So bless you. Bless Thank you, you so and much. may you go well. Thank you so much. You too. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode of the God Story Podcast. If you want to help us make more great episodes like this one, you can head over to our Patreon page and become a God Story Podcast supporter. You'll receive our undying gratitude, plus a few bonus goodies for your ongoing support. Just visit patreon.com slash godstorypodcast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash godstorypodcast. As always, you can get in touch with us via our website, godstorypodcast.com.